We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to From Poop to Gold. I'm Danny Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. I'm Benton Crane, CEO at Harmon Brothers. We're the co-hosts of From Poop to Gold. Thank you for listening. One of the requests that you all have basically asked of us is you want more insights into what's going on inside Harmon Brothers organization, our learnings, our our strategies, that type of thing. And so this is going to be a little bit new where we're going to jump in and interview each other a little bit about some of the things that are on our minds and some of the learnings that we've had, some of the some of the things that we do culturally or strategically. And if you like it, we'll give you more of it. And this is just kind of an experiment. Maybe we'll even give it a fancy name at some point. But this is a little bit of a change up from interviewing some of the different entrepreneurs and innovators and marketers and creators that we have in the past. And here we're just interviewing each other and giving you a little bit of a window into Harmon Brothers in Provo, Utah. (laughs) That's right. We've always got a lot of fun projects going on around here. And there's always behind-the-scenes drama, there's behind-the-scenes lessons, there's all sorts of stuff happening, and we want to give you a a little more insight into that. So, Daniel, you've kind of started to get pretty active on LinkedIn over the past few months, and... Thanks to your example. (laughs) Ben got active first, I followed. (laughs) And Johnny did as well. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of had our arms twisted and kind of had to be pushed into this kicking and screaming, right? Yeah. Through pretty much the whole history of the company, we've kind of enjoyed just staying quietly behind the scenes and just making all the focus about our clients, right? Yeah. Focus on the clients, focus on their successes and everything that they're doing. But we've kind of learned throughout the process that it's also important for us to build our brand as we go and to tell the story of of Harmon Brothers and so one of the ways that we've been trying to do that is through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, we're, we're kind of amateurs at it, but we're having fun learning. Yeah. And uh, Daniel, you recently had a post that uh, went pretty viral, right? Yeah, it's the fir- I think it's the first post I've had that has actually gone really viral in the sense of like gone way beyond my own network. People are sharing it all over LinkedIn. Yeah, it's, it kind of blew up. Um, just kind of give us an idea around some of the metrics. Okay. So right now I think it's sitting around 200, um, right now I think it's sitting around 250,000 views. Um, that's on your original post, right? That's on my original post. Yeah. That doesn't even include some of the reshares. Like one of, one of our employees reshared it and he had more views than I did. Um, it also has on my post, it has, uh, some, uh, 5,000 reactions on it and, you know, over 500 comments. And uh, just to give you some sense of that, I mean, I only have uh, 2,200 followers. And so obviously it's, it's going, even just in the reactions, it's going above and beyond what I have in the way of followers. And so um, it was much bigger than, per- performing much better than any post I've done to date. And what was crazy is I never really saw it coming. You never actually know what's going to resonate with people that much. And it was just a simple post of me saying, I don't care what time you come to work. I don't, I don't care what time you go home. I don't care if you take vacation. I don't care if you need to go to your daughter's soccer game. 
or whatever it is, as long as you come in and get your work done, collaborate effectively, communicate effectively, and achieve the end results that we want for our clients, then you're good. You've got all the freedom in the world to kind of come and go as you please. And it was a little bit of a post on work life, well, basically work flexibility. That's right. And we have several, um, ultimately, we have several employees that work from home. I'd say it's maybe 15 to 20% of our workforce mm-hmm. um, works from home pretty regularly. I'd say even those that come to the office, such as myself and you, um, on, on a regular basis, we, we have um, probably once, once a month at least that we're working from home, maybe more than that. And there's se- several employees that are that way that'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to go heads down. I don't want any distractions at all from any other coworkers. You can reach out to me on Slack. And that's totally cool as long as you communicate it. That's right. And it's interesting because another part of our culture is that because so much of our work is project-based, mm-hmm. it kind of creates these like really intense sprints, right? Where yeah. you're pushing a project to the finish line. And, and just the nature of that is that if you're doing that all the time, you burn out. Oh, yeah. And, and so, so oftentimes, you know, we get to the end of a project and the project team has oftentimes had to pull some overnighters and stuff to get it over the finish line. And that's a really important point for people to kind of stop and say, okay, I just did this, I just did this sprint, just about burned myself out. Now it's time to take a couple days, you know, grab the family, go on a little extended weekend vacation, whatever it is, just need to unwind and part of that flexibility that I think you were referencing is not just the day-to-day, but it's also you know, the flexibility to recognize when you just need you know, that, that recuperation time. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, I've seen in the comments a lot of people said, well, under those circumstances, a lot of people will overwork themselves because they don't know how much to contribute. If it's not a simple nine-to-five, clock-in, clock-out, then they never know when their work is done. And they'll just go, and again... It, um, it's all about having, like you said, projects with clear objectives so that they know what those are. If you get those done in 30 hours, great. If you get them done in 60 hours, great. Whatever whatever it takes. But ultimately, like you said, if you go through one of those sprints, totally have the flexibility, and most people do. It's all, it, We're pushing it more and more where they'll, they'll launch a major campaign. It's going out there, getting the views, getting the sales, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then they'll just not really see hardly any of that. They'll just be in bed <laughs> in many cases, like the whole next day where they'll like just go spend time with their family and go to like a museum or go outdoors or whatever it is. And that flexibility is there. We want people to have time to be able to recover. And, and I think some of that even happens in transition from project to project where you might have a little bit of a lull of a few days where you're going on to the next project and it's not as intense yet. And um, anyway, we just try to provide that flexibility. We, we feel like people execute better when we trust them with their own time and that ultimately they'll be more creative and produce better stuff when they're kind of doing it their way and owning it themselves. Because at the end of the day, they're owning the results of that and we don't feel like we need to babysit that as much. I think that is a really interesting criticism or pushback though, right? Because um, I spent a couple of years at Deloitte and you know Deloitte's one of the big four accounting firms. They also have a big consulting practice, and that's what I was part of. And in that culture, it it's kind of similar in in that they just say you know come and go as you please, do what you got to do. Yeah. But we just expect you 
to get the work done, and in their case also to get the hours in. Uh Um, But it does oftentimes create this culture for many people in those environments where they feel like they can't take any time off, they feel like they can't ever unwind, and they end up just working themselves into, into the ground. And I feel like to to survive and thrive in that kind of environment, it takes a level of personal awareness and even personal responsibility to recognize what you need and and what your mind frame is, what your energy level is. Yeah. And it takes some personal responsibility to be able to step up and say, guys, I'm burning out. I'm going to take a couple of days and... You know, we try to create the culture where it's perfectly fine and appropriate for someone to say that and to do it yeah. and have no, you know, no blowback or no, you know, negative ramifications. But without a doubt, you know, if we see somebody burning out, it means that, you know, they're already behind the, you know, behind, behind the, curve, the curve and they should have been taking a break earlier if we have to prescribe that break then it means they're not taking that personal responsibility to kind of uh, not, manage their own. managing yeah. that themselves. You're right. And we, that's where we've had to step in from time to time as managers is to very much say that. It'd be like, go take time off. I mean, like, like you've mandated at times. You're taking this time off to this time off. And, we're, and no one is contacting you. Everything else is delegated. Like, just put it all behind you. You need to go clear your head. Get, get some time to rejuvenate and refresh. And I think you're right. Some people don't know that threshold, and it takes um, kind of a mature person. It's funny. Some of these comments that have come up, I should pull up some of these, of what people say um, on this on this post. So some of the comments that have come in are people saying things like, well, yeah, if you're going to do that, then you've got to hire performers. <laughs> and I'm like... You think? <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> isn't that it? what anybody's trying to hire is a performer? Like, oh, you have to have you have to have people that um, actually like take responsibility for themselves. I'm like, uh, I mean, I hopefully you're interviewing the, that type of a person. And yes, we do. We hire high performers, and often we go through a little bit of a trial period with our with our employees where um, we might contract them on a particular project kind of see how we work together and really show, show us that they have that good work ethic and that drive and um, that they're results-oriented. And if they're not, I mean, quite honestly, they're not going to last. But it's so funny to hear people be like, well, that's only going to work if you've actually got good employees. <laughs> Are you looking to hire bad employees? What, what's, what's the deal here? So um, anyway, I think some of those objections are, I mean, I'm, we're teasing a little bit here, right? Those, those are actually well-founded objections, but a lot of people get used to bringing in a certain type of person in a workforce and just plugging them in, and it's just not that way here, right? We're yeah, trying to empower individuals. I think what they're really saying is some people have to you know, be told what to do. Yeah. You do A, you do B, you do C, you do yeah. D, and then you check out and you go home. Yeah. And, and there's types of jobs where that actually works. Right. Right. But... In a creative culture like we're like we're building here at Harmon Brothers, that type of work and that type of employee just it doesn't make sense here. I yeah. mean, let's be honest, we're not great managers. Right. We're not good at saying do A, B, C, and D. Yeah. We're good at saying, hey, this needs to be accomplished. You're awesome. Go make it happen. That's right. And then they make it happen because they're awesome, right? Yeah. What's been so interesting about the post is to see the number of people that have been like They've either given horror stories 
of like, I had an environment like that where I worked for three years, hated every day of my job, that kind of stuff. I was so sick of coming into work. And like, I finally changed it up, found a place where I can, you know, work from home. Like there's a lot of, um, a lot of mothers that are chiming in and being like, oh, this would be so amazing if I had this. Um, I just can't believe how much it's resonated in that way of people being like, either I have this environment, I so much appreciate that my manager does this, and other people being like, well, it's not like that over here, and I don't see it ever changing. And there are obviously some some industries where that maybe wouldn't work as well. So let's say, for example, in medicine, if you're working at a hospital, you know, you probably got to have your pretty scheduled shifts that you ca- that you come in at. Or a restaurant. Or a restaurant or something. In, anything in, I think, kind of a customer service type of um, a setting like retail, that's probably going to be a similar type of thing. But if you are, like you said, in the business of creativity, of, of creating for someone um, and um, having these this kind of project-based work, then I think um, it lends itself really well to um, to that kind of a culture. Yeah, I, I remember I went to this business lunch where there were you know all these executives from all these different companies, and we were all sitting down and having lunch together, and the conversation kind of um, went a direction where some of the the business leaders were expressing frustrations around you know, these dang millennials, you know, mm-hmm. they show up at work and they want to surf Facebook while they're on the clock. And, <laughs> and you know, they were talking about it, yeah. um, you know, just with this kind of level of disgust and, mm-hmm. and, and disdain. And I remember I was kind of sitting there listening and, and, and absorbing this conversation. I couldn't help but scratch my head because I was thinking about our culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure there's ever a day go by where someone isn't like, hey guys, come check this out. And everyone yeah. gathers around the computer and laughs at a to stupid YouTube, a YouTube video, video or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and that's just part of the creative culture and the creative process where you know we give all of our people the freedom and the trust to just say, yeah, you want to watch a stupid YouTube video? Go watch a stupid YouTube video. It'll probably inspire something great later. Yeah. And in the meantime, we just trust that you're going to go back and get your work done. Yeah, and then I and what happens is, um, I mean, a lot of the comments on here is like, "Oh, you mean actually treat people like adults <laughs> rather than children?" Uh, and and of course they're in support of it. Like, oh, you can you can actually trust people to get their own stuff. But like that trust starts from from the top top quote unquote and and trickles down, and then they reciprocate that back. And I, and I think there is a measure of that. You kind of just have to trust that they'll they'll get it done way, one way or another. And I think a lot of our employees are actually learning some of their own systems because we had periods where we goofed around a lot, I think, and then kind of pushed stuff off till the last minute. And then we're pull, pulling like two old, old all-nighters in a row or like go, doing, late night, doing late nights for two weeks straight kind of thing. And it really burned a lot of us out at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And we were just like, this is not sustainable. You can't do this. And I think we've gotten a lot better in our systems and our in our processes to, to be able to kind of forecast what work has to be done when. And to check be able to make that, yeah, make those checkpoints happen and, and things like that. And a lot of people are just like, well, a lot of people will abuse that if you give them that kind of flexibility. But again... The conditions around it are you've got to collaborate effectively. So that means if you have a meeting, you have to go to a meeting. 
and actually work with your coworkers and collaborate with them. If, if you have something come up that you want to go to or need to go to, you have to communicate effectively. That's another condition I put on it. You have to actually go out and get the results done. You have to, you have to produce creativity and quality. Like that's, Those are all conditions for it, but how you get there, like some people are just night owls and their clock just runs differently. And they don't, they don't get their motor up and going until maybe like after lunch sometime and they burn through late into the night and that's how they work. And then other people like, ooh, man, they, they're, they're firing on all cylinders early in the morning. Yep. And let them do that that way as long as, again, they're making their meetings with their other people. And I just think if, especially like you said, in a creative environment, if you allow people that kind of flexibility and that trust, they'll find a way to do great work. Okay, so circling back to the original post. So this really resonated with a couple of our employees in particular. So Tom, um, you know, he lives a couple of hours away from the, from the office. Yeah. And Primarily then, works remotely except for yep. one day a week. Yep. And Beth lives several states away from, yes. from the office. Uh-huh. And both of them... Um, posted their individual stories of how this culture and this work style has meant so much to them. I think in the case of Tom, um, uh, they, they had a baby that was premature and they yeah. had to spend some, you know, significant time in the, in the hospital and, and, you know, all of the family challenges and everything that come with that because he was in this environment where he could guilt-free deal with what he needed to deal with knowing that the team is going to rally around him and that there's not any like penalties or consequences for doing what you need to do right right or and, doing or or doing it at times that you wouldn't normally do it right yep and and his post actually went more viral than than your post well, for right? views yeah yeah he, he mentioned his post went viral as well yeah absolutely um, and then Beth, similar situation, um, you know, young mother with young kids, yep. um, needs a ton of flexibility in the way that she works. She needs to be able to take a kid to a, to a doctor's visit, needs to be able to kip, pick the kids up from, from school, school, you know, all, yep. all those sort of things. And to have that flexibility where she needs to get her work done early in the morning or late at night when the kids are in bed, whatever is needed, it works for her. And, um, and so I, I think... That was a pretty big validation point when we heard, you know, from two of our people who were like, yes, yes, this matters. Yeah, we didn't ask them to post, right? They just put it out there and then they had people just chiming in of like, that is so awesome that your company allows you to do that. And we were like, yes, it is. (laughs) It is so awesome. So, no, but but we've appreciated this, right? We've been this way since we were, since 2013, since our founding, Mm -hmm. since working on the very first Poopery campaign. Um, I remember some of the crazy flexible hours that we had um, when working on the nativity video um, uh, with the piano guys, and it just like it's, it's just kind of always been this way of like one one moment we're all working around um, in a random place at my brother's house at a kitchen table, mm-hmm. you know, launching the poopery campaign. The next moment we're all just kind of working from home on our own things, and it. It just things have always been flexible as long as you get the stuff done. That's right. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you guys think about this. What what kind of creative culture do you enjoy? What kind of work flexibility do you prefer to have at the office? What works for you? 
And in the meantime, we'd love it if you connect with Daniel and me on, on LinkedIn. That's kind of where we're most active out in the socials. Currently, yes. And uh, That might change. <laughs> right now, we're liking it. Okay. Yeah, so connect with us on LinkedIn. Uh, we'd love to stay in touch with you. And once again, let us know what you think about this type of content. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.